You know, there's been an FBI office here or an FBI presence here for over a century. You know, go back to the you know, early 1900s. And back then, well, I guess a little bit later on, they were chasing bank robbers. Think Bonnie and Clyde. And then actually we worked closely with the FBI during the savings and loan scandals, all the white collar crime that was taking place in the 80s. And it was nasty. Now, now I'm thinking the crooks have gotten a little more sophisticated. They're not using guns quite as much, but uh, we'll find out. Matthew DeSarno is the special agent in charge of the FBI's uh, Dallas field offices and has been for the last three years or so and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, dude. Thank you very much. So, I mean, do they still use guns or are they using computers to steal money now? Uh, all the above. You know, we, we cover... Uh, my field office covers the northern half of Texas. We've got sub offices all over the northern part of the state from Amarillo all the way down to Lufkin and everything in between Abilene, Lubbock, Texarkana, Tyler. Here in the Metroplex, we've got our main office and, and one in Frisco, and one in Fort Worth. We're at the airport uh, and we work all uh, all threats and all crimes. And uh, you are right. Uh, crime has become more sophisticated, more global in nature. Uh, much more uh, digital in nature in many ways, but but the uh, as you can see by watching uh, any evening news, the the threat of violence on the streets of our cities and elsewhere still exists. Yeah, so it's, it's not a replacement of the old style of crime with with a new more sophisticated crime. It's just an addition of new more sophisticated crime. So I mean the, the you know the violence on the streets we know about, and I can see how you chase that down. But what about cyber? Uh, cybersecurity and and the threats there I, you know we've had experts on the shows and you know there are two kinds of corporations one's the one who knows that they have been breached and the one who has been breached and doesn't know it yeah yeah so cyber i mean I, i'm glad you want to talk about cyber because you know that's an area where where we and i personally are spending a lot more time focused because uh because the impact of of our adversaries on our economic uh, power really is, is significant. You know, we like to say that cyber risk is business risk and cybersecurity is national security. Uh, and in the FBI, where we fit in that landscape uh, of, of cyber, um, cyber actors is kind of in the USG, in the US government total strategy, we're sort of right in the middle of that. So, you know, the US government has, has people responsible for helping the private sector uh, defend against cyber attack. And then we have uh, entities of the U.S. government that help us um, uh, impose consequences on adversarial cyber actors. And then where we are in the middle is kind of the connective tissue there. We, we respond to cyber incidents, uh, provide attribution, and work with our partners on both ends of that spectrum to include foreign partners uh, to try to impose risk and consequence on cyber adversaries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the key. If, we, if we're talking about uh, even a civil rights violation or organized crime or something, I mean, I would guess that you can handle that. That's self-contained. But by its very nature, you know, the bad actors may be tens of thousands of miles away, and you've got to cooperate. You've got to cooperate with not just with other agencies, but I guess with other countries. Absolutely. And that's really where that's really kind of a differentiating factor uh, with the FBI. You know, we um, you know, we don't do anything alone, even those types of crimes that you mentioned. We, we're always working with partners and victims all the time. But in cyber, 
uh, it's really challenging for the for the reasons you laid out. And, and one thing that we bring uh, to this collective U.S. government and 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 private public partnership fight is a broad range of authorities that really nobody else has. Um, you know, many of the European countries have internal security sor- services, external security services, and national police services. Right, In the United States we don't have. Um, we don't have a national police service. We don't really have an internal security service, but the FBI um, is, is as close as, as we get to a national law enforcement service across all threats and a domestic intelligence service. And we have the authorities to match that. You know, we have broad the, uh, counterintelligence authorities through Title 50. We can conduct criminal searches and seizures. We can use FISA. We can use FISA Section 702. So we're, we, we play a key role in bringing together uh, the elements of power of the U.S. government to to try to make it the ecosystem for our cyber adversaries much more difficult to operate. So is your you've been doing this for 20 years or so. So is crime cyclical? I mean, we're going into we probably are going into a recession, at the very least, an economic slowdown right now. So I mean, do you guys sit around and say, uh oh, wait a minute, here comes, you know, the white collar crime, the embezzlers or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, um, it, it certainly evolves and emerges. You, you bring up white-collar crime. You know, anytime there's a major incident uh, like uh, Hurricane Katrina or global pandemic, uh, we expect many people to try to enrich themselves through fraudulent activity to take advantage of that. Um, what we experience, what we're experiencing now with cyber is that um, because we have um, – sort of unregulated and decentralized networks that are not only running small businesses and homes and school districts and hospitals, but also running large businesses and critical infrastructures connected to them. And many of those networks have um, hardware and software provided by foreign entities that, um, you know, it really is a vulnerable system. Uh, and, and because it's a vulnerable system, our goal really is to work is to try to leverage partnerships, particularly with the private sector who holds most of our critical infrastructure in their hands to make that environment um, more costly and less and less friendly for our adversaries. Does it work? Well, it's it's we are we are certainly making progress. I mean, I think the three the three key things that we try to to convey to private sector, three major themes are are to build the relationships now. Because if you yeah. have not yet experienced a cyber incident, it's something similar to, to what you mentioned. If you have not yet experienced a cyber incident, uh, it's not if, but when you will experience a cyber incident. So build those relationships now. Uh, we ask companies, we work with companies to develop an incident response plan and exercise that plan with all the key stakeholders involved. And then to report intrusions or, or cyber incidents, uh, in this case, to the FBI, and we can work across the U.S. government to make sure that um, the other entities that where there may be a requirement to report are involved. Uh, we can get it. We can get the Treasury Department or the Commerce Department involved. We can we can work to move towards sanctions or or entity listed, uh, you know, listing entities if that's appropriate. Uh, but we we think that because we have a because we are a decentralized structure and we have actual people all over the country in field offices with cyber expertise that we have a responsibility to be that connective tissue between the private sector and the instruments of power in the U.S. government and potentially our foreign partners 
in order to both attribute the attack to somebody and then put consequences on those actors. Let let me hit in a different direction. You came in here and took over Dallas just before the whole world shut down for almost two years. Every businessman that we talked to talked about the challenges they faced, Um, you know, work from home, shutting down facilities. When you can't shut down the FBI. No. How do you know? What did you do? So uh, in March of 2020, uh, when the whole world really shut down completely, um, you know, we we figured out how we're going to do this. But when the whole world shut down, you know, for a brief period of time, the, the level of threat was pretty low. The overall activity and mobility of society was really low for just a couple of weeks. Uh, but quickly we realized that uh, that wasn't going to work. And, and if you think back to March of 2020 and then what happened in May of 2020 after the, the George Floyd death, um, you know, we had a pretty chaotic kind of cri- ongo- prolonged crisis period. Sure. Uh, so, you know, we, we had some limited staffing of, of non-agent personnel for a few weeks. By May of 2020, uh, you know, we were back at full steam, just doing what we could do, operating in a contaminated environment, so to speak. Um, doing our best to protect our workforce, but get the job done. But we, we never, we never shut down. Um, we're, we're not in any kind of a work from home situation here. Uh, and we do the best we can. We've done a pretty good job. We have had our share of COVID cases and, and a few people have been seriously ill. Most of that early in the pandemic to include one employee death very early in the pandemic. Uh, but, but we've been really keeping a close eye on workplace transmission and we've done a great job in really minimizing almost to zero the actual transmission of the disease in our workplace for a lot of that time period when almost everybody else was working from home we our goal was to make this our workplace the second safest place anybody could be besides their house and, and i think we did a good job of that the you know the, the other let me ask you quickly the the other big challenge that everybody seems to face is the workforce you know trying to yeah. get people to work for them because there's so many yeah. challenges right now yeah, and, and you all, you all, if memory serves, recruited heavily for the military in the past, right? Yeah, uh, we we draw a lot from the military and from law enforcement. Um, we focus our recruiting efforts in areas where we where we historically have not drawn from because, you know, we really get those applications without without recruiting. I mean, we get a lot of military really? and law enforcement applications, so that's we're doing really well in that area. Where we're really recruiting right now is in. All, all facets of diversity, and then computer science, data science, uh, and other technical um, technical areas where you know we need to have uh, a workforce that has the aptitude to work some of these really challenging uh, cyber cases and and other global sophisticated cases that involve. Uh, that involves some of those types of skills. So that's our focus on recruiting right now. I, I hope you find good people <laughs> because they they really they, they really are necessary. Matt Desardo is the special agent in charge of FBI's Dallas field office. Good to spend some time with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for more of our conversation. Go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.